like the brands that keep me out. You're, you're the leader of a new school now. Yeah, the cup of tea, the OG. The cup of tea. Isn't properly. I'll tell you why I haven't had you this whole time. I didn't think it was necessary at that time. That makes sense. Absolutely. And there always needs to be, for lack of a better term, an agenda yeah. and an assignment. So, like, if, if it's just chats for the sake of chats, then it might defeat the purpose. But yeah. if there's a real point to it and there's substance and value, mm-hmm. then why not exchange it? 100%. I've, I've known you for a very long time. And if there's one thing I do know about you, you've been... I think every year since 2016, you've been on stage, you've been on set. Um, do you ever get a break? Yes. Um, I think if anything, right now, where I am in my life, I don't prescribe to the, um, or subscribe, prescribe, subscribe, that one, that one. I don't scribe to the booked and busy mentality if it's going to be at the expense of my mental health, my peace, my joy, and my rest. So I prefer a balance. So without a shadow of a doubt, I make it my business to rest. Resting is part of the business. When did you realize that your mental health was at strain? Um, I think there have been many instances. I'd probably say, and it was a time when I was in the middle of a campaign and I had to churn out quite a lot of content, mm-hmm. content that I was shooting independently and I hadn't quite um, found value in. And not because the value didn't exist, but I hadn't, I didn't feel like I needed to outsource like videographers, photographers to kind of make the content cookie cutter clean. Um, and I was in the middle of a campaign and I was, you know, I was also shooting. Um, there were so many things I was working on at one time. And I just, my brain just came to a halt. It came to an absolute halt. And like client needed the content like four o'clock. I booked an Airbnb. Um, I'd also been packing so many boxes for cellular jewelry and it was, I think I'd done a 13 hour day of packing and, um, and th- th- it was from like midday into the morning and I was burnt out completely. So by the time client needed their content, I had a complete breakdown. I called my, my manager and I just cried and I said, I, I can't do it. I can't meet the requirements. I can't meet any of this. I'm, I'm literally in an Airbnb away from home because home turned into the warehouse of cellular jewelry. And I just wanted a different space that I could create this content, but I didn't realize that I needed escape an escape, not only from myself and from the space in the warehouse that my home became, but I needed an escape from everything. Yeah. And, that, and when I finally got a moment to pause and exhale, I exhaled into a complete breakdown. And I was like, yeah, I've been doing too much and I need rest. And the funny thing is I'm on the phone and I'm, and I just, I'm like, I, I don't know what's going on. I just, I can't do it. And she was, and then she very calmly said, there it is. There it is. I don't think there's anything that I would necessarily change about my career in terms of the choices that I've made and the trajectory and the path that I've created for myself. And I say for myself because I had to very uh, deliberately not one, live in the shadows of my sisters, but also to ensure that the work speaks for itself opposed to any other element. So I'm a woman who is very diligent in her craft and I wanted my career to reflect that. Um, But also just 
that it's 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 honoring the gift of storytelling and honoring the gift of who I am. So um, in hindsight, all the shows I've done have been an absolute blessing. Every stage that I've graced, every campaign that I've done has been been of service to me, to my craft and to my growth. Even the ones that may have been like slightly unpleasant or I was in a space that was somewhat unprofessional, every single high will bring its lows. Every single win, will there will be losses to them. So it doesn't mean that because I experienced something unpleasant and unfavorable, um, that it, it masked the entire situation or, um, or it diluted the potency of the blessing. At the end of the day, I take the great with the bad. I take the blessing with the, the frustrations. And at the end of the day, it's still a win. It's still, it's always a win. When you say that now, do you think there are people or artists in the industry that tend to get into industry, well, different sectors within the industry that could, mm-hmm. contrary to popular belief, limit their growth? So for instance, if you're, if you're an actor, or if you're like a DJ and you tend to, go, you want to be a DJ, you want to go into an acting role. If you want to be an actor, you want to be a radio host. In some way, do you think that would limit one's growth? In terms of what? So because for instance, like what if the person is just doing it not because out of passion or not out of, not out of, oh, yeah, no, yeah. I, I've said it many times and in conversations that I have, especially, um, where I find the room and the comfort to be unfiltered. I've said it many a time that clout is phenomenal. Clout is sensational, mm-hmm. but it is temporary. Mm. It is not sustainable. And I think a lot of people tend to, and the ones that have then gone about that route have gone a particular direction because of wanting to chase a temporary sensation that cloud will provide and bring. They want the talkability, they want the visibility. And in the first interaction with that kind of hype and the sensation of that moment, it's great. I haven't experienced it because I haven't intentionally chased it. And I don't don't sit on those moments because I think I'm always chasing the next. And it's not to say I'm not present, but I don't allow myself to get intoxicated by talkability or hype. I'm always going, okay, what's the purpose? What is my why? Is this in line with the vision? Is this in line with the vision? And then we move through that moment. Not past it, but we move through it. And I think a lot of artists on the flip side, um, the longevity of their careers can speak to that. Are they still, and I don't want to say relevant, because relevant is also subjective. Some people say relevant, are you trending on Twitter? Is deemed relevant. Are you still getting booked? Are you still recognizable? Are you still respected in your craft? Um, I, I don't need the term sell out, but do you still value and honor your work? And your and essentially, what 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 your gift is? Is that still at the forefront, or is it all about what social media is saying? Is it all about you know popping popping off? popping off wow and it's also this arrival mentality i think a lot of artists or a lot of i don't want to say a lot of artists because now it's the kids man the kids want to pop on tiktok and they believe they've made it Mm. 
And because our career is so vast, not our career only, but the industry is so vast, it's, it's, it's why there are a plethora of things that people can tap into. But once your video makes it to a certain place, your, your, your track is now trending or whatever it is, they're just like, I've made it. I'm a sensation. I'm a star. And it's like, my love, it may have started there, but it doesn't end there. It certainly doesn't. And um, it also speaks to how then they, again, they get intoxicated on the moment and everything else goes out the window. And it's unfortunate to see because I'm seeing it more often and I'm seeing how little respect a lot of young people have to the work and the craft because they don't understand what it means to work for it. Mm. So everything should come easy. Everyone should speak to them like a you should approach me like I've got this many subscribers. You should engage me like I've got this many people talking about me. Chat to me like I have this many downloads. And they walk into spaces with that superiority complex. And it really is such a huge disservice to our industry. I mean, look, I guess it's instant gratification at the end of the day. Um, 100%. Unfortunately, unfortunately, that's the case. Um, I don't think, uh, perhaps I, maybe we're being a little selfish that it revolves around this part. But at the end of the day, you're right. I think the advent of social media has obviously amplified that idea um, that yeah. one should, you know, you know, be, that that idea of instant gratification should come in like now and not any other time. And I guess it's also the idea of this quality of a quantity. Um, in their case, it's quantity of a quality. And unfortunately, yeah. um, there's no sustainability behind that. That it's not a sustainable business model or a career model or a life model, holistically. Scary. It's very scary. We spoke about brands. Remember I, a few days ago, I spoke about brands with you. And I thought that was very important because we live in an era where organizations, one way or another, you know, speak with like either you're an artist or you're a celeb or you're a DJ, whatever the case is, you're a thought leader in some process. And I spoke to you yeah. about how do you know when you know it's important to align yourself with a certain brand because if anything i mean i can as well as not just can as well you're a brand yourself so it's going to be you're going to think of it from a business to business type of idea when do you how do you know that listen this company or this organization is the right company that i can run with for the past the next three four months or even longer um look and i'm, I'm glad that you mentioned like running with this brand for the next three because i think a lot of people a lot of content creators yeah. a lot of brands and individuals will go oh, i can do a couple of posts for this brand and then you know there's a check i'm about building relationships um again i'm not one person of instant gratification and it's not to say that i've never been at the point in my life i certainly have been at a point in my life where i'm just like this brand is not offering me my worth but you know I do need the check mm. and then I've gone ahead gone, okay it's fine I'll just put out a post or two and Bob's your uncle now where I am I'm extremely as I mentioned before that I'm extremely intentional about who I work with and the why needs to be equally as important um, I'm very strong on my values I'm not self-abandoning in that regard um, especially when it speaks to the fact that what I the messaging that I share needs to be very strongly rooted in and needs to represent where I am in my life in that particular moment. Um, like right now, I'm, I'm currently in a space where I don't know if I want to work with alcohol brands. I'm not sure. 
And I'll say, I'm not sure, not to say there's anything particularly wrong with alcohol brands, but because I just, where I am, I'm not drinking alcohol right now. <laughs> so do I want to represent a lifestyle I don't love? I don't know. But if it's for relationship building and, you know, if I see the value of the messaging, then perhaps I'm willing to look into. I also just want it to be a value exchange. <clears throat> I struggle right now to get into things if it's about money. Uh, okay, the check is great, but it's, the messaging doesn't speak to who I am. Um, it's a misrepresentation of my values. It's a misrepresentation about, of everything everyone knows me to be. I'm very, I'd like to believe authentic and I'm very transparent and intentionally so. So, and it, one thing people also know about me, I'm, tomorrow I'm not going to suddenly become this high luxury brand private jet queen, jet sailing, jet setting, uh, yacht sailing kind of girl. Yes, I might I might hop onto a yacht, but I'm not going to position myself like that because it's not the kind of person that I am. Um, and that's how I'm able to identify the brands that I like to work with. Um, and also brands that keep me young. I like the brands that keep me young. You're, you're the leader um, of a new school now. Yeah. Yeah, the Capatia, the OG. Capatia. That's the name I was looking for, the Capatia. Capatia. And, and brands, not necessarily, not keeping me young in a, in a juvenile sense, but also that don't shift me too far from my core and my inner child. Yeah. Um, like, so even, I like also adding youthfulness to my messaging because I know that the majority of the people that follow me are young people. I'm below 30. There's no reason for me to be chasing rich auntie lifestyle. Mm. There's no need for that. Um, and I enjoy being probably part of a road less traveled by at my age territory. Because once women hit 25, social media tells them that they need to have certain brands in their cupboards. They need to have certain cars that they're driving and a certain lifestyle that they're living and that they're showcasing. And I'm not that kind of girl. Like I will, I'm I'm looking for the t-shirts and the dress that cost a hundred rand. Please bring them my way. Like I'm looking for affordability. I like that. I like living within my means, and representing or showcasing anything outside of that is is a misrepresentation of who I am. A, a part of me wants to believe that, unlike many other people that are in the position that you are, you've been groomed well and educated enough to know what to do and what not to do. You, you would have been burnt long ago. Long ago. Easily. But also, this network of friends and the people that I have around me that hold me accountable. Mm. But yes, my upbringing, without a shadow of a doubt, played a very big role because I would have seen dust by now. <laughs> Unfortunately, that happens to a lot of people. You got the, the five-minute call. Um, I think it's unfiltered. It's transparent. It has a ring to it. I love it. Um, what I like about that is that it's... It's accessible to a lot of young kids. Um, we live in an era where a lot of people do look up to you. A lot of younger kids look up to you. And like many, they always try to find ways how to get into the industry. Um, it's all through, either through emails, through DMs, through a phone call, if they mm -hmm. do have your number, whatever the case is. And unfortunately, I mean, from an interpersonal level, you can't help everybody, which is strategically done. And I think in a digital space, at that magnitude, you've managed to create a hub for people to learn from you, create from your experiences. Yes. And I think the five-minute call is not only catchy, but it's by far the most unselfish thing I've seen from an artist for probably the past three to five years. 
Tell me about the five minute plan because I love it also dearly. Thank you. Um, I didn't, I didn't quite understand the magnitude of what I was doing, but I knew that I was called, um, to do something bigger than me. And that my, my career speaks to that. I say it in my first episode that, um, the five minute call to me is like an ode to my career and an ode to God, right? Primarily because, and I use a, a book as, a, as an example, that the true value in a book and it's to not disregard the work that went into creating it. But what's a valuable book when it's still sitting on a shelf? Mm. I mean, if anything, it's good to look at or it's functional. But the real value in a book is when it's opened and shared. And that is what I think the years of my career are speaking to, that I feel like knowledge acquired is great, but knowledge shared is far more valuable. And that's why I created the platform. I feel like also I don't want to keep perpetuating the gatekeeping, paying your dues culture that we have in our industry. I think it's quite unfortunate that I've leaned on and asked questions to a lot of my elders. And it's not to say that they were wrong in this approach, but I'd ask them questions about this is the position that I'm in. It may be some frustrations that I've been experiencing and feeling or injustices that I'd witnessed within the industry, maybe personal experiences as well. And, you know, a lot of them were like, hey, I'm like, you know, you, you got to pay your dues. And it's not to, again, not to perpetuate anything extreme, like, you know, um, violation of the female body and woman's bodies on set or just, you know, just not even that or harassment. It's not, it, they weren't, um, being apologists for that, that not in that sense, but like, you know, maybe hours on set or, you know, certain levels of disrespect that I've experienced and, um, or, you know, just being overworked and underpaid. And a lot of it just came back to, uh, hey, you got to pay your dues. And I'm just like, I don't want to be the auntie that tells young people to pay their dues. I want to be the person that echoes certain sentiments, but also amplifies the voice of tomorrow that goes, yeah, but Candace said, <laughs> and I'll take that for. Yeah. And I'll gladly take that for, because by the time the next generation, the next Dumelo Candace Murisele, the next Usbanban, the next, the 10-year-old today that watches the five-minute call five years from now and goes, okay, I can make a more discerning and a more calculated decision about my career off of what Candice has said in this video that was from five years ago. It is still relevant, still relevant to me. Mm -hmm. Candice is creating policies now for these things. She's at the forefront on a macro level, um, dictating and, and, and shifting the culture in such a dynamic way. But I'm 15 now. And this is relevant. This still stands. Shout out to Candice for this. But no, I will not be taking that amount of money because of, because of what this was, because of what was said. I will not be accepting this. This is a treatment I will not accept. And that's why I want to plant the seeds of today that the fruits will be enjoyed tomorrow of the generation of now. I want them, the, the ones five years, 10 years younger than me, to be enjoying the fruits of the five minute call now. And it's, again, it's, it's that information space, it's that knowledge sharing space, it's that culture sharing space for them to also have the voice to say no, because I was able to say no, and I was helping them understand why the no's matter. Um, 
but also just generally for them to stop accepting anything, anything. Like people will do anything for just a crumb of fame. And I want them to understand that it doesn't, again, like I said, it doesn't start there and it simply cannot end there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's always important that you're committed in standing in this gap. And you, just three minutes ago, you spoke about gatekeepers. Um, and I think this whole idea, I think this vague idea that all gatekeepers are bad, I think that's a terrible narrative. Um, but I also feel that perhaps gatekeepers, even before you should have educated the generation coming into the industry. Um, unfortunately, um, a lot of people aren't educated. You've obviously seen this gap. You've obviously seen a way to inform these people You've also found a way that, listen, I am accessible. I may not talk to everybody at the same time, but I am here. And I think that's the most important thing about the five-minute gap. The nice thing about this is also you, speak, you also give insights about your experiences. And um, mm-hmm. if you don't do that, because, I mean, a lot of it needs, it needs to be relatable in one way or another. Why is that important yeah. for you to share your experiences within the five-minute call? Because I didn't want it to seem like a self-serving YouTube platform for me to gain traction and relevance. Also because that's just the kind of person that I am. Um, It's important for me to relate my own experiences. It's important for me to tell my story because that's the only perspective that I can view life from, the perspective of my own experience. And, And I never want to be hypothetical or... Uh, present case studies that I can't relate to. It's almost the same thing where I go, okay, who's your role model? And then people pick all these celebrities and I go, okay, what's their story? And they don't even know what the person's story is. So I'm like, how is, how, how is this person your role model? When you don't even know their story. You don't even know what their value propositions. You don't even know anything. You don't know about their upbringing, but you're like, ah, oh, because this person, we are pop, hey, what, 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 they are I'm the very same way. I'm just like, and it's not to, again, not to strategically position myself as a role model, but I'm just like, if anyone wants to understand it better, let me provide context, relevant context. Context of not, and that's another thing. South Africans, we're very good on hindsight. Like, we love history. We love history. We're going to, I can bring you a case study from America from 1950, but how is that relevant to the 20 year old in 2022. Mm, mm. So that's why it's important that, yeah, let me provide context of when I was 21. I was 21 six years ago, seven years in two months. Mm. Like, so I want to be able to provide relevant context, um, relevant insights, and relatable content. Yeah. How, how far is this going? How far is the five-minute call going? Because I swear to God, if this is just one season, I'm gonna I'm gonna end this whole thing. No, 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 no. So we've just wrapped season one. Yeah. Uh, we wrapped we wrapped filming season one two weeks ago. We're in pre-production for season two, where obviously then we'll have the interview components, which I'm very very excited about. Just to will you uh, be facilitating this? I will be definitely facilitating this. So I'm the official host of the five-minute call with. Um, but one thing I'm excited about, which is probably one of the components I can't wait for the most. And this was something like God whispered this into my ear and, you know, it was a beckoning and I was like, okay, cool. I get it. I get it. I get it. So 
and Shem, I haven't even spoken to my team about this, but I've decided that with each episode, I will then also have a co-host. But the co-host will be someone who's never been exposed to television and film and, and that space. So aspiring television presenters, they'll get an opportunity to host um, uh, one of the segments. And, you know, I pride myself on having the five-minute call be very short episodes because I know that data costs are very hectic and tough. Where there is an interview component, there will be a lot longer. But if I could get someone who's always wanted to do an interview with a pub- public figure, a known or recognizable face, celeb, quote-unquote, whatever, and I say, hey, listen, guys, I'm inviting five young people, aspiring presenters, you get to do your own link, you get to do an interview and you get to do the closing link. And I can give them experience of being in front of or behind the camera. And I get to coach them through that. It's a freaking dream come true because I love nothing more in this world than to teach. I love nothing more. So it will be the school and the academy of Five Minute Call, which it excites me a lot, something you want to say. I'm smiling. I'm, I'm, like, I'm smiling too hard. I, like, I love teaching and I miss it, but... There's, there's, nothing far more, there's nothing more valuable than providing practical experiences for them to actually nurture the innate craft and talent that they already have. So it's like, okay, cool. Shooting on such and such a day. You guys come through. Mang, mang, on this day, we're interviewing this kind of person. And action. And I get to direct them doing whatever link. I go, okay, cool. Give me a kind of link in this. So I can't wait for that. And then uh, one thing that excites me on top of that is wanting to do, do that, but in a live space. So literally that whole thing, you watch me direct, you watch me do this, you watch me host the show, but also there's a live audience in all of that. So it's a live audience. Here are these aspiring presenters. They get to interview this actor from this series, this Sophie, this whatever, this musician, and you get to watch that entire machine operate. Unfiltered, transparent, the whole nine yards. Unfiltered, transparent. So they see how directing works. They see how camera operating works. They see how the whole machine moves. And it's like, hey, listen, here's a space. Cool. Audience come through. And we film the whole shebang. So you get an audience. So the audience experience is a fundamental thing that they can take away, that they got to watch that machine work. But also, there's going to be the podcast audience, the, the YouTube audience, and everyone else that gets to enjoy everything that happens in front of the camera. So there's a dual component to that. And I can't wait because I get to wear both hats, three hats, in fact, as a host, as a teacher, and as a director. You're, you're going to be then, changing. No, I'm sorry. You're going to be changing a lot of lives here. You're going to be changing. Um, I, I can't. I, again, this is by far the most unselfish thing. When I started this podcast, I said one thing. I couldn't have you here for nothing. And I think that was oh, yeah, the yeah. most perfect time to have you. Thank you. I'm literally like like a kid. Just, yeah, because I'm so short that my feet are dangling off this chair. But yeah. my feet are like paddling like this in excitement because, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Nothing but love. I appreciate it. I love you. Thank you for standing in my corner. Thank you for taking space. Thank you for holding space. And thank you for you, man. 